a Cult Dojo podcast. I'm the Bagogi. And I am Mr. Game. And this and to- week we are talking about South Park Fractured Butthole. Um, the new <laughs> South Park game. So I'm, I'm about, yeah, I'm going to try to slow that down a little bit. No, I'm about 75% way through this game. And gosh, I, I, I picked this up on day one. I was really enthusiastic about this one. I really liked the first one. I'm not actually, I, I was, you know, of course, initially a huge South Park fan. I've kind of uh, lost interest over the last few years or so. I come back every now and then, every now and then, like really good episodes, like the Imagination episode was phenomenal, and some really strong episodes every now and then. So I come back when they're really big ones. So I don't really follow the show that closely, but gosh, the game last year was, was surprisingly well designed, just, just funny throughout, uh, incredibly uh, dark and controversial, like a bunch of parents have sex, or uh, the, 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 of course the Planned Parenthood stuff. There's a lot of just really dark and, and crazy stuff in that game, but overall I thought it was, it was, it was well designed, and then sense of scale and escalation as you got towards the end as you're going up in this kind of Lord of the Rings kind of finale and huge battle stuff. It was just incredible. So yeah, I got this one really looking, well I thought this one was going to be on par with that. They kind of made a point that, you know, Matt Park and Tristan are still involved and everything else. And I got to say, it's 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 surprisingly underwhelming uh, so far. It just, it feels like for a South Park game or South Park story, it is pulling its punches throughout, which is which is just bizarre. Because I, 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 I mean, first of all, maybe it's just a novelty factor. It's gone. Maybe it's just because it, they've already done this before. They've proven they can create this world and have actually a good South Park game after so many failures, like South Park 64 and everything else I've played before. This has been terrible. To actually have a good South Park game was surprising. So maybe it's that. The novelty's just kind of gone. But it just feels like we're treading water. And, and, um, and you know, it, it, when coming in with the, the, the Civil War, DC Comics, uh, you know, kind of rivalry stuff, that's a smart idea, and it's a good evolution for the story. But so far, I, I really have not seen any insight into, into why they're doing that. They, they keep referencing, like, your, your own Netflix series and stuff. That's, that's somewhat funny, kind of superficially. And Carmen one time said, you, you know, we're going to have Zack Snyder way down your storyline, kind of made an inside reference to that. And that's like the one kind of insight they've had so far, but otherwise it's just, it's kind of irrelevant. It's other than give you kind of new power-ups and new abilities to fight with. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm surprised because I just, I feel kind of bored with a South Park story, which is surprising <laughs> me so far. Um, but, yeah, it's I, funny. I mean, yeah, we, were, we were just talking about, like, Wolfenstein, like, how you want to get through the action to get to the story, but this is more like, you want, you're, you're just bored with the whole thing. Like the, yeah, I mean, how, the, the, the combat's interesting. I, I like that the turn-based role-playing combat, it's like XCOM, where... You have, you have your turn. Also, location matters where you are on this kind of grid. And so if you're, you're within a certain square distance, you can punch somebody, use an attack at somebody. Otherwise, you got to move closer or perhaps wait your turn so they come move closer to you so you can get them next turn. And you got to use some strategy in that, in that regard. And you can kind of marry attacks together. Like, you can punch people into other, your other players and they'll punch back. And uh, there, there's a couple, like, prompts you have, like, interactive stuff. You can, you know, power up your, your super meter faster if you hit X at certain times. And some interactivity as you play it. And it's, it's more strategic than the first game. Um, it's not very hard, I'll say that. It, you know, I'm playing in the, what they call the hardest difficulty uh, based on your skin color, which doesn't have an impact at all, apparently. But it's actually not a very hard game. It's very easy to win throughout. I, I've not been challenged yet, really, anywhere. Um, but uh, it's, a, it's not a very hard experience, but it's, that, that part's at least somewhat inter- interesting to play. Uh, but the rest, of it, the rest of it just feels like, very tired, very, very worn out. And, and the jokes are, are just hitting flat over and over and over again. I mean... It's a lot of identity politics about you know, your gender and your, your race and stuff, and they, they give you so many opportunities to, to change it and talk about it. And you, you see Mr. Mackey, and he asks you questions over and over again about your sexual preference and your gender, and you keep changing. Every time you do that, you, you get attacked by rednecks who make fun of you again. And that's, that happens like seven times in the game, and it's just like the, the jokes are just not good. Like it's, it's, there's, and, of course, 
with the title you, you expect, there's a, there's a lot of fart jokes throughout. It's like a Howard Stern kind of comedy. It's just, <laughs> just a lot of that stuff throughout, and that, that plays a huge part of it, which which is fine to a certain extent, but it does kind of just wear out after a while. It's just not as, as much fun as, as the first game. Well, is the sex gender stuff, is that, I mean, is that, you do have to do that, or is that like an option you have throughout the game? No, you, you do have to do it. It's, it's really, you have, like, when you first start the game, like, Carbon's making a big deal about you're going to define your character, and uh, you gotta get, you gotta align your, what alignment you're gonna have, and what, what race you're gonna have. This is all part of your character sheet you get at the beginning of the game. It takes forever to fill it out, and it is part, part of the story is to go talk to people and kind of figure out where you're gonna align, what kind of gender you're gonna have. And every time you do it, you go back to Carmen, and he tells you your origin story. Which origin story, again, is just you saw your parents having sex. And that is, that's, that's a joke that works pretty well the first time. Of course, you see it in the first game, literally see it in the first game. But the second game, that's, that's the story. But he tells you that same story over and over and over again. And so, it, it's just not, it's not, it's not funny. It's not creative. It's just it's just tired. And it feels like it feels like Matt Harker and Trey Stone just were not involved like this time. It feels like they're, hmm. they you know, maybe they, they gave some initial ideas, but they're just not there to kind of talk about how do we keep this interesting or, or kind of change it up a bit more. I mean, it's not really escalating. Maybe it does in the very last act, but I, I've been through most of it. And I kind of know where it's going to go, and I know kind of the last event's going to be, and I, I can't see it really really changing up or, or being more interesting. I mean, there's <laughs> there there. There are a few good jokes here and there, and there's like a couple of boss fights you have that I thought were, were pretty funny, mostly around Kyle's cousin that uh, wants to be the, the human kite with him, and Kyle keeps referencing he's from an alternate dimension, and you got to fight him to get away from him, and he just doesn't want to play with him. There's, there's some funny stuff with, with a few characters in here, but um, that's I'm, I'm, I'm grasping at straws to find the reason to play this game, it feels like. Hmm, that's interesting. You almost I never played the first one, so you'd say go play the first one well before you play this one. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting because they actually, when you buy this game, they give you the first game for free. Like, you can go back oh, and play the first game if you wanted to. So, uh, it's, it's worth checking out the first. first one is still one of my favorite games in the last, the last generation. I think it's, it's really well designed. Uh, this one, it's, I mean, you got high reviews when it first came out. And, I mean, it does feel very similar to the first one. But if you, if you haven't played the first one and you just played this one, this one's pretty good. If you've played the first one and you come to this one, you'll be underwhelmed uh, playing this one. It's, just, it's not as new. It's not as much, not as much to do. And it, it, it does, I do start kind of worried they're pulling a lot of the punches or pulling a lot of the story for DLC since they've already announced, which kind of sucks. Uh, I personally have that. So I know DLCs are on the way and everything else, but I mean, overall, it just... Just, just kind of, kind of falling flat, which is disappointing. Well, more. yeah, I mean, I think a game like this is like the first game can do so much and it can impress you with going around the town, and everything else. It's really hard to do that twice. You know, once you do a cool, you know, first game of South Park, it's like you can't really you know, impress at the same level the second time because you've done everything pretty well the first time. So, yeah, it's hard to have that same level of impact. But yeah, I mean, it feels like the same town, same map. It all feels very, very repetitive at this point. Almost like a DLC rather than a whole new game. Basically, yeah. Right. So, I mean, I'll wrap it up. I'll do a review and let you know what I think. But so far, I think you probably can skip it. Yeah, fair enough. Well, okay. I wanted to talk just a little bit this week about something else. So, I got stomach flu this weekend, and I spent <laughs> I was on the couch, and I was looking for something to watch. And I hadn't watched this new The Orville TV show, and so I started oh, I put okay. that in to watch it. And, yeah, I, I don't really like Seth MacFarlane's work that much, you know. I loved Ted, and I like... Uh, what else? Do I like from Seth MacFarlane? I was trying to think. <laughs> Family Guy? Oh, no, 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 none of that. No, okay. I thought there was something else of his I liked as well. But no, pretty much, I don't like Family Guy. I don't like American Dad. I, I really don't like most of what he does. So, How to Die in the West or whatever. Yeah, are. his movies I don't think are great. <laughs> you know, like other than Ted, I really haven't enjoyed his work that much. But the Orville is is very different. It, it feels exactly like an old Star Trek TV show. So it, you're watching it. There's some like Penny Johnson's on there from Get Larry Sanders show and from Deep Space Nine and. It, 
but just watching it feels like you're watching an episode of Next Generation. It, it, it's almost filmed the same way. It has the same kind of beats. It has the same kind of story arc. It, it, the commercial when a commercial break, they zoom in on a character. You know, it, it's it feels exactly like you know like an old episode of Next Generation. And I keep thinking it's going to be a spoof of the Next Generation. Are they going to come in and make some kind of terrible joke about it or try and turn the thing on? And they really don't do that. They play it pretty straight. It's it's a pretty straightforward you know like a series like based you know written by someone who really liked those old Star Trek shows. And what's interesting about that is it's exactly the opposite of Star Trek Discovery, you know, on CBS right now, which is acting like those old shows didn't exist at all. You know, it's this whole other thing. It's really dark. It's filmed like the Star Star Trek movies. You know, it it pays some lip service to the TV show, but there's people being who are frustrated by their use of technology on the show and and some non-canon events and things like that. But it is wildly different. It doesn't feel anything like any episode of a TV show of Star Trek, right? The episodes are, you know, they're not self-contained. They extend from episode to episode. The the captain on the show is really dark and very troubled. And the main character is Michael Burnham, and she's a fantastic character. Uh, I can't make the actress who plays her, but she's really cool. But the show is really about her as a lead. so kind of about events that happened to her as kind of the science officer on the ship. Meanwhile, the Orville is exactly like a Star Trek show where, you know, Seth MacFarlane's a captain, but he's one of the characters. He disappears for long stretches of time. Like It's oftentimes focused on one of the other characters, like the old Star Trek show would. So that's the crazy thing right now is you have two shows on TV that are both basically Star Trek. One is Star Trek Discovery, which is trying, which is completely opposite of any other Star Trek show you've seen. It's much darker. It's much more, you know, uncertain and, and, and ambiguous in terms of its morality. It's very interesting, but it's not perfect. It's, it's a good show, but not a great one so far. And on the other end, you have the Orville, which is kind of this, you know, traditional Star Trek show, and lots of '90s references in it. But at the same time, it's it's a very, you know, it's a character bait. I'm sorry, it's a, a ensemble show. It feels just like yeah. an old Star Trek show. It feels just like an episode of Next Generation. So it's weird. You have two op- two shows on right now. One is not a Star Trek show, but trying to be. One is a Star Trek show and trying hard not to be. And I, I think both <laughs> are worth watching. They're both good, just in completely different ways. I so. had no idea Orville played it straight. I thought it was a total like spoof or parody. The entire time, I had no idea it was trying to be a series show. No, it plays this straight. In fact, the third episode is about one of the characters uh, having a child and trying to reassign the child's gender, and all the characters start taking positions against that or for that. And so, it's a very dark. And it's, it's a it's a thoughtful to the extent that sex and problem can be thoughtful. It's a very, very thoughtful <laughs> episode about you know what what cultural beliefs are acceptable. What you know how can we, can we judge other cultures who want to do certain things? And, and it has a real good back and forth, and it ends on kind of an ambiguous dark note, you know, like an old Star wow. Trek episode would. So, it is it is a strange strangely playing it straight kind of show, you know, and it's, it's, it, again, if you like Star Trek, you'll probably like the Orville a lot more than you like Star Trek, unless you like the movies, then you'll like, I mean, the recent <laughs> movies, then you'll like the Star Trek. And, and the reason is, like, on the Orville, the characters like each other and care about, and care about each other, and they feel kind of like a family, you know, like a show would. And then Star Trek yeah. Discovery is completely the opposite. The characters don't like each other, they don't trust each other, they're on this sh- ship that's kind of a top secret thing, you know, Michael Burnham's the most hated person in Starfleet because she started this war with the Klingons, so it's really dark. <laughs> so they're completely opposite shows. But yeah, I think if you're a Star Trek fan, I think both are worth watching. So anyway, I just wanted that's, to say it's, it's an interesting place to be right now. There's two shows that are both Star Trek-y, but they're completely different. And so, you know, I'd recommend both of them because I think there's really great performances on both. There's really great writing on both. And I think they're both fun to watch. Well, it's interesting what you said. Based on the audience, if you like the old Star Trek show, watch Orville. If you like the Star Trek movies, watch Star Trek. Yeah, or Battlestar Galactica, watch Star Trek. <laughs> it's dark, <laughs> but yeah. That's pretty cool. I'm looking forward to seeing how the show's wrap up then. All right. Well, that does it for this week on the Club Dojo Podcast. I'm the Bogogi. I'm Mr. Gang. I'll see you next week.